1: Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. we were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
0: Thanks for watching the instant reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Welcome back to the instant reaction, George. Before we do anything else, because that nearly got spicy there. Let's talk about the most important part of this entire game. And don't don't talk about central running power. Don't talk about anything else. We need to look at this.
1: <laughs> look at this.
0: 97.5% field tilt, lads. We won
1: oh yes, my god okay, we
0: might have won on goals as well and this might have been half time, but we won on field tilt 97.5 percent field at half time, boys has there um, been a higher field tilt win listen it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that is nothing else matters i don't care if we win <laughs> if we win the league nothing else and no league i not i'm not joking you can take this out. take this out of context i'm not joking field tilt is the most important thing um hello george <laughs> <laughs> that nearly got spicy, didn't it? Nearly got spicy. Lots yeah. to talk about. Um lots to unpack in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh but overall thoughts please because as much as the first half was a little f- well no, wasn't a little, was frustrating and I found a lot of issues uh cropping up again. I was really pleased with how we managed to adapt in the second half and change the game around and I think apart from a little scare at the end, you know, we've been to that place before and not got results. So I'm, you know,
1: overall not over the moon, but pretty happy. I just thought it was a professional performance, uh, fundamentally. you know, And um, I think that if you thought that going to Forest away with our record and um, you know uh, the way that we had approached the game recently um, would have been, I don't know, an uh, easy game, then I thought it... I think you, people are kind of in this place, mate, where we're so far behind the title challenge that if it's not a five nil or four nil it's kind of done yeah, it
0: can't be a good win
1: yeah. <laughs> and it can't be a good win because like I look at the first half performance and as a whole I just saw a team defend 11 players behind the ball and yes there was some decision making from certain individuals I think there was some points of improvement particularly in our tempo I didn't think that Zinchenko had a very good game in the first half in terms of slowing our tempo in terms of early switches out to Bakayo Saka, who I finally thought looked fit. When was the last time that, you know, Bakayo Saka looked as fit as he did today? I thought that there was an enormous amount of running power that he carried all match. And there was just a period in that first half where instead of checking back to recycle, he takes his man on on the outside and just continues running. And it's it was almost as though he just kept pressing the gas. And I thought, yep. that's the Bakayo. A bit of separation
0: back. coming back to his game, which is important.
1: It's very important. And of course, I can't end this little summary on Emile Smith-Rowe, who I thought had a phenomenal cameo here. And I thought, especially given the fact that nobody called except for me, that he would start very soon, I thought that he did well beyond just the Emile Smith-Rowe things. I thought that he did a really diligent job in the block. I thought that he was following his marker quite well. Still feel he's apprehensive, which is normal, I think, having not started for so long. There was definitely moments I was like, okay, you're receiving on the half turn, go. But yes. I think towards the end of the first half, I was really seeing the pass first, and he was the only person in possession for me in that first half that, despite it being really frustrating, was at least when he got the ball, his first thought was forward. So it was a great performance by him. Sakai, I thought, probably edged for me the man of the match, to be honest with you. And Saliba, it's so unfortunate that that goal happens because I thought he was flawless against Wood and he up until that point, I think he makes a mistake. So does Ichenko, by the way, in terms of the aerial duel, but I think it's more on you know Saliba's ability to stand strong in that challenge. Like he's got to do better and not be turned in that position. But broadly speaking, I thought he he was brilliant. And so it was just a professional win. I didn't think I saw anything massively worrying. I thought that, you know, it was a, a match we needed to win. We did win. And there was a couple things, I thought it was actually one of Declan Rice's worst performances. Of the season it seemed to me that he was carrying something you know there was a time that he dueled with morkingham's white and he was just outrun. i think he
0: is and <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: it looks like it but i just yeah i thought he he was poor but again he looked injured but uh for the most part mate i mean jesus coming back i think a frustrating performance people talking about him and lacazette in the same breath i think yeah. are a little bit more hyperbole but he finally got his goal after some really poor efficiency in the first half, and he got his confidence back a bit. And so I think we are building steam. And I just took it as a performance of positives as opposed to really massive negatives.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm in line with a lot of your thinking. Shock. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Record a lot together. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think in these situations, it's. It's tricky because you sometimes want... You, you, yeah, it, well, in, in, in any, any game analysis situation, it's trying to really pick it out, especially in these instant reactions, because they're really hard to sort of... You're caught up in the emotion of the game. You don't want to go too hard on something, or too, too, um, too easy on something. You want to try and get it right, but you don't necessarily know how to. Um, and the thing I think I always try to come back to is patterns and going. what are patterns throughout the season? Like, for example, um, you know, the Saliba moment this evening. I've already seen some comments saying, Saliba needs to work on his strength. it. It's not gonna. It's not happened very often. It's not gonna happen. You know, again, very t- anytime soon. It might happen. I think one year gets a little moment of luck. The ball bounces off, hit the inside of his right leg. He doesn't know anything about it. Yes, okay. He maybe pushes Saliba off the ball. We've not seen it low. Not a big problem. We know Rice. That's not Rice's natural level. You know, it wasn't his best game tonight. So those those sorts of things, I park in the in the sort of container of the game, and I go look. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I'm like. That, that is what happened tonight. If we're still sat here in a couple of weeks' time and the same thing keeps happening, yeah, then let's talk about it. But I'm not particularly interested in um, uh, uh, talking about that. But Malik, I thank you so much for this. And this is exactly perfect timing. So I appreciate your contribution to the channel. Alex, you're still right. No goal where the opposition settles. Still something to look out for. Yeah, I think I'm still noticing patterns where we're up against facing low blocks. And I don't know whether we figure it out quick enough. However, this evening, what I will say is we figured it out a lot quicker than we have done before. The halftime, you saw Mikel running off, and I felt Ooh. as though a couple of things happened. Firstly, we dropped back a little bit to allow a bit more space, allow a bit more space between the lines, allow for us to step onto us a little bit more and take that risk a little bit more, which we, ha- we haven't been that ris- um, uh, risk. What's the, what's the opposite risk
1: averse? Risk. Risk averse is when you're too Yeah, yeah, what's the opposite? It. Risk.
0: Risky. Risk. <laughs> Risky. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't been that risky yet uh, enough this season. Um, I liked that and Martinelli were finding themselves in much more central positions. That was happening in the first half, but I felt even more in the, in, in the second half. Um, we were taking more chances. We were bringing players closer together and getting them to combine. At the first half, I felt as though we were all very stood in our pockets and very stood, in, and those gap, those distances didn't close. We were bringing the eight and the winger closer together. You know, bringing the bringing the fullback up, creating different dynamics and combinations, and eventually it came for us. So. That has been a problem, and I and I I look at the first half, and I was frustrated for large parts of it, I won't lie, because it felt as though the same problems were happening again. But my frustration was that this is going to happen all game. Do you know what I mean? My frustration is, oh, not another one of those games. But when at halftime, Mikel comes back, and we've changed how we approach the game, then I start to go, okay, we well, at least know what the problem is, then we can start to approach this.
1: I mean, I, I think the tough thing with that settled play comment is, I mean, you're facing a a Nuno Espirito Santos block, <laughs> really yeah. reminded and, me of and Wolves. Forrest
0: did really well, like to to and, and a lot of teams have done well against us, but Forest especially this season, they think did well.
1: You know what it was? I think that there was decision making in the first half that I feel as though it was everything but the goal, and that I think has yeah. been a story of the season. Yeah. But then I think it's been projected into this game a bit where. I do think the first half set you up for a lot of what we saw in the second half. The only thing that frustrates me is I do think in that first half, Zinchenko putting his foot on the ball slowed the tempo down quite a bit. And I thought yep. he was playing at half speed and we yes. weren't seeing enough switches.
0: He so- com- he, sorry, I'm sorry to go. He comes to the ball too often. And, and I just wanted to add on one more thing very quickly, sorry to cut you off. It was just, I wanted to say, as a thought experiment, I sometimes think if you're, if a goal goes in how would you feel and ignore that yeah be happy because we mm-hmm. scored a goal but how would you feel about the performance if a goal went in and if you're going actually it was a decent performance got the goal that tells me that maybe it wasn't as bad as we sometimes might 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 feel it was
1: yeah i think so and look again i just i feel that we didn't switch to saka early enough like i was looking at saka that first half and he was bright and I, i'm like why aren't we giving him the ball enough and early enough either um i i kind of like your point about us going high early i do feel as though that we didn't uh, reach our um, kind of endpoints as quick in the second half. And we tried to vary it up a bit where buildup tempo was quicker, but the way that we achieved final third entry was a little bit slower. Yeah. I think that helped. It, it helped with a little bit more of the variation that we saw with, I think, Jesus um, doing a bit more work, I think, out wide, um, which helped. But I just think that Martinelli had a tough game, I have to be honest. Um, I don't think he did great. And Ben White's decision-making on his crosses in the first half, I thought, were a little bit wayward. You know, he definitely had a little bit more spring, but he was telegraphing his uh, cutbacks quite a bit. And I think that that is um, something that he needs to work on because he's got more variety in his locker. Um, But in the first half, he wasn't showing it. And um, But beyond that, beyond those little tweaks, I thought it was – I think it was a fine performance in the first half. I felt as though a goal was coming. If you were really asking me, am I worried about Arsenal scoring? Not really. I felt as though that we were we were pushing and knocking on the door. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the second half, we made some small tweaks, and it, it ultimately ends up being a pretty professional performance. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I do think that Troussard looked bright in his cameos. Not really much to take from a substitute appearance, but I think that, you know, he he played well in his cameo. And, I, and I'm looking towards you know, Liverpool and down the line where you have to start asking yourself a question about um, kind of who gives a start between Martinelli and Trussard, because we've seen enough sample to, to know that Tresard hasn't been consistent enough when he's given a full 90, but when he is given cameos off the bench, he's quite uh, sharp himself, but Martinelli isn't in the top form. And I think when you start looking at Liverpool, the game state suits a Gabriel Martinelli profile for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're you're kind of playing this balance of form versus what the game might lend to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was um it wasn't a performance that I sat here really worrying. And I just think we're building steam. I was having conversations in group chats, um, and you know I think everybody's so upset at the fact that Arsenal aren't where they thought they would be at this point in time that I think mm-hmm. that I'm just seeing a little bit more hyperbole in terms of the actual performances because mm-hmm. beyond just looking at the stats. It read to me as a game where we penned in Wolf, or not Wolves, sorry, uh, we penned <laughs> in Forest. Um, you know, they played deep, they played transition, they played to basically keep it nil nil until the 75th minute, put on Oweniki and Alanga to hit on the counter. That was the game plan from Nunes, Burrito Santos. And I think that Arsenal were doing a good job trying to probe, create. They did. They opened the deadlock 2 0. Yeah annoying goal to see but you know if you're looking at a ground that you haven't been able to get points in the last couple of years i think i'm taking that you know um taking that win and going on to the next one
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i think this is the thing is like you know it's really frustrating when we don't get over the line uh yeah. but i think what happens is we ignore you know the lines here what we need to do we get to about here and then we don't get over the line and we ignore all of this work and try and rip all of that up and i think you're right that there was just a couple of things switch as you mentioned switching to sack a little bit earlier but maybe ben white's final ball um a couple of martinelli's positions he's picking up just little things but a little tweak in the second half and it all started to unravel and i thought i thought we looked a lot better a, a, a couple of frustrations maybe and, and again um maybe pattern pattern-based frustration, not just th- this mm-hmm. evening, you know, the Saliba situation or maybe Ben White's final ball, which I think is generally, you know, think that's that Luton goal is generally okay. Um, Although he hasn't got as many assists as I'd maybe like him to, but you know, it's maybe something to uh, review. Um, Jesus is finishing. But again, if, it's one of those things where it's like Zinchenko's defending. It's like, what's the point in discuss? We know, we know, we know, we knew before the game. We know after the game. We knew before the season. We knew last season we know this isn't the best finisher so for me it's no longer it's like putting someone it's like i don't know it's like asking a baby to cook you dinner it's like and like come and coming in it's like and, asking
1: uh, kieran tierney to invert
0: yeah it's like but but well but yeah exactly and then, <laughs> and then getting angry at kieran Tierney that he can't do it it's like at yeah. some point we have to look upwards and go there's a different conversation to be had here and it's about getting our proper yeah. finishes inside that that's the question it's not about berating jesus you know if you come home and expect dinner to be cooked <laughs> 10 nights in a row there's a baby in the kitchen you can't you know what are you doing so somebody had you have to look at yourself so um yeah i think you know that 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 was but you know you can sit here and be sort of uh circumspect after the fact it is frustrating in the moment let's be honest it is really frustrating when he's hitting when he's hitting the post from there and you're going whatever I said, my nan could have scored that, you know, whatever you're saying in that moment, you must get frustrated because as, as much as we can sit here and say, you know, we knew that before we knew that after it's about system. I did find myself frustrated.
1: I'm more frustrated at the fact that I'm finding him lacking his ability to really create that separation when he receives off dribble than I am on the finishing because I'll be honest, the entire prologue that you use that I know what he is. I don't get upset when I see it. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, and, and I expect it to happen. Like I think he will do enough work out of the ball to, facilitate others to get those chances that i'm okay with that aspect the one thing that i'm frustrated with and i think you know when you start talking about the lacazette comparisons and this idea of his physicality being different (laughs) um you know it just i just feel as though when he's receiving the ball he's turning quickly jesus is is worse than lacazette that's what i'm hearing yeah, well, yeah, and he's fatter too, and he needs yeah. to go on. You know, uh, how to lose ten pounds in ten days. That's what. Um, heard, that's what I said. I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. Glad. Um, but no, but I just, I just don't see the separation as consistent anymore. And I think that's what's more frustrating because he's also playing a bit selfishly because he's recognizing he's not finishing. So um, I'm seeing less of the between the box work that I know mm-hmm. he doesn't have the in the box work. So mm-hmm. that's the frustrating thing with Jesus. Um, But it was nice, I'll be honest, that when that goes in, I see him a little bit more confident. And I just think, as much as it annoys me, a confident Jesus does wonders for the fluidity of the team. If you're talking about fluidity, and your question mark is that Arsenal are too predictable, I think that Jesus at his core, whether he's physically not as good as he was last season, is the most chaos player in the front line, bar maybe Martinelli, but even then, I would say Jesus is the most chaos filled player. So yep. if we can channel that, then we can channel question marks a lot more. Yep. And so yep. that's what I would like to build.
0: And it's another, this separation thing is a good point. I think it's another factor in the, what I would describe as the sort of the very rigid, again, it's not that they're not moving in and out of formation. You know, you, you can see Saka pop up inside, but then Jesus is, just in his position. And I always think with, with positional rotation, it's not just about finding each other in different positions and just arbitrarily, Oh, Zinchenko, you go stand there and I'll go stand in Zinchenko's position. It's not about that. It's about the movement of what you do in the space that, that, that is created because of that. And the person you drag because of it, and whatever. And part of that is Jesus coming out wide with the agility and aggression and the, and the timing to pull the space available for a sack or whatever. It's not just the fact that he does come outside and come outside. Um, and. Yeah, I I, th- I agreed that the 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 level of separation, the uh, physical aggression maybe has been lost a little bit from um from Jesus and and, and maybe that's causing him to hold on to the ball a little bit too much, um and that sort of explosiveness you even see it. I don't know if that was it was a shot where he was talking to Smith Rowe. He's very gesticulative as a person. He's very sort of like like this, and he was he was like he he had his hood up, and he pulled his hood off like this. And I was like. Jesus, <laughs> like if you watch someone in real life do that, he's got that explosive kind of quality as a person, and when mm-hmm. he lo- and that's what's brilliant about it. And when you lose that as a player, I think you, yeah, you, 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 you pull a lot out of our attack because that's the reason it kind of came to life last season. So, I, again, it's another factor, isn't it? It's another factor similar to Martinetti's positioning, another factor similar to Saka, crit, you know being physically at the level, similar to how we look at our midfield and so on and so forth. Um, and we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, But obviously a couple of people missed it. Smith Rowe, I really liked his performance this evening. I think this is one of those ones that's going to slightly go under the radar and then people will watch a comp of it and go, oh, we actually had quite a good game Um, because it always happens that way. He was a little bit, he didn't um, own the game, but, you know, some nice moments. And I agree with you. I do think, I think at the moment, and again, and this is another factor of the the sort of the, the how to unpick this massive lock of, 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 of low blocks I did feel he's still playing a little bit to instruction at times when he receives the ball. I'd love to see him go, do you know what? This isn't instructed, but I'm going to try something. I'm going to try it. And you saw a couple of moments, I think, the beginning of the second half, end of the first half, around then, when he was trying those one-twos around the box, and you are going, yeah, Mm -hmm. lovely, lovely. That, That can't be coached. That's the stuff that can't be coached. And I think he's probably so aware, this is my first start, but I hope from a management perspective, someone's pulled him aside and gone, look, mate, we're starting you because we believe in you. Go out and play your game. Don't panic. You know, I I, you know, you what you would love to guarantee, and you can't guarantee this, but what you'd love to guarantee is you've got five games. Go and show us. You know, you don't, don't put all the pressure on yourself tonight. You obviously can't do that. But I hope in some way, a Mikel a Stuyvenberg's a Carlos Cuesta has said, look, play your game. Don't worry too much because that's when you're at your best. That's when we love you, is when you're not worried too much about, right, I've got to receive that pass, play that out there, all that sort of stuff, make sure it's circulated. Smith Rowe, when he brings that dynamic quality, that's when he's so brilliant. Um, And you saw it coming, but I did feel he was a little bit stiff. But equally, that's his second start since May 2022, so it's understandable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's what almost approaching two years at this point. Mm. Um, So like, I understand some of the hesitation. I don't like it. I still would say be braver because that's who you are that's what makes you great like when i look at smith rowe what makes him great is that turn explosion the following yep. year past we don't have and we don't have that and i think that he was showing signs of it and i think the one thing that i really liked made is there was a period in the second half he gets hit and he plays through the injury and i was just saying in group chats i go that's so important for him as a player because mm-hmm. that resilience to contact is something that he has to get over in his own mind as part of his rehabilitation you can get a player to be match fit and to be match sharp and to be ready to play but until you basically get hit and you trust your body to get hit and then keep going that is still something that any rehab specialist is gonna is gonna take um basically someone hitting you hard (laughs) for you to get over and you can't replicate that. So I thought that was good. I did think that he had a good performance. I will stand by that. I think it was beyond just, you know, being positive in possession. I thought he was following his pass quite a bit. And I think that's something that our midfields don't do enough of. There's too much recycle first midfielders in our kind of 11, in my opinion, and I think that he's the one player that doesn't have that gut instinct. Yes. And so yep. and he's somebody that, you know, that Benzema wall pass where he almost would drop deep, carry the ball, and run into the path of his wall mm-hmm. pass. Mm-hmm. That's something that Emil loves. Yep. And you we can need see- that.
0: Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, on the wall pass thing, you can see when he receives the, the pass, you can see the message on the run as he's moving it. And I think that's something that. Erdogan and Habits can play the wall pass, but they're going. I'm here as a facilitator for you, Smith mm-hmm. Rowe. Saying, "Give me the ball, so I can go and do this." And that's it's There is a difference in, in the sort of the message on the on the on the run. Um, yeah, there was a question from uh, fan, just fan, <coughs> fan, who said, uh, "Do you think that perform that performance were to start against a uh, Liverpool?" I think because Liverpool are likely to be sat further up, because we're going to have more space to run into at times. I think because we're going to have time playing it essentially out and around their press i'd love to see a smith road start i don't know whether he will but i think you know if we if we think the physical side of his game um is coming back if we can see more of the ideas uh, of him on the transition we look really we've looked really good on the transition i don't know if you saw that stat i don't know if you're watching on, on tnt but i was surprised by it i thought we were doing all right but i didn't realize how well we were doing i think we're third in the league for goals on quick transitions which you know is not something we we attribute to Arsenal, and so you know, and that's something that you know maybe in the past we've seen as a weakness. So if it's becoming a strength of ours, and Smith Rowe can be a part of that, which I think he can be, um, then more power to him.
1: You see that one pass in the first half when we break really quickly from deep, and Martinelli has that pass out to Saka, and I mean to be fair, Forest do brilliantly to cut that out in the first half, um, but that is something that I thought, wow that's a very quick transition that was clinical and it was a great spot by Martinelli and I, and I thought I think we can create these faux or false transitions mm-hmm. a lot better in our play and if you're going to ask people to run and you're going to ask people in terms of that Liverpool game is this a running game Emile Smith yeah. rose a runner I would it's like just, that
0: because I think that's a, it's, a, it's even a new phrase to me can you just define what false transitions are for people who might not know
1: Yeah, I know. Absolutely. So they're kind of look a typical transition is let's say there's a 50-50 ball that you're going to break onto the, you know, and you've got acres of space and that's the transition that we know. Um, A faux transition could be something like overloading a particular side on one area of the pitch and then um, creating a wall pass that basically opens up space on the opposite side. Quick switch out. And so in that way, you basically draw your opponent to one side and then you switch. And that kind of ability to create a false transition, we call it, is just because. There's no space. You've generated the space. You've always wanted to work it out left, but yep. you bring everyone to the right and you yep. create this transition. Yep. And I think if anyway, you like the way that, I describe it,
0: like a, a transition is not predicted. A faux transition is predicted almost, if you can put it
1: that way. It's manufactured. <laughs> it's manufactured versus not, you know? And so um, I, I think the question with Emil Smith Rowe, though, in general, is and for Liverpool specifically, is um, do I want to go double pivot or not? Which is a debate that I'm having. In my mind right now, especially for Liverpool, because I think in regards to their press, and I think about people, uh, you know, being able to play out of that press, and who can we do to maximize that? I think Jorginho is somebody that I've really liked the cameos of recently, and I just don't know if that midfield balance between Declan Rice and Jorginho, assuming Partey's not fit, because he's not right now, um, I think that's the best bet for me if I'm looking at Liverpool and their press um yep. i think that emil smith rowe i would love in transition on a game and i think that he did really well that he definitely deserves a start but i think liverpool is a game for me that um i don't know if i'd like emil and odegaard as mm. opposed to Jorginho Declan rice like mm. that's the decision making for me
0: i want to win that game i think yeah yeah i'd like to i'd like to score more goals than liverpool and win the match
1: which is think... what we would like to do most games, you know, instead no, of let's look <laughs> ahead
0: of ourselves. Uh, right. Let's do some questions to finish the show. Uh, Jack Longar says, couldn't even edge with Alex's voice crack today. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Um, uh, yeah. So put your questions in um, and we'll, uh, we'll come to them as we finish the show. Robert McFadden says, I love Mikel. But his inability to play young talents that are more than deserving is a serious flaw. We had a little discussion about this, Robin, on our most previous podcast. So we won't do it here, but um, yes, uh, have a look. Uh, why not? Says, what can we improve against LFC?
1: I think our build-up tempo really quick um, and the quick switches out. I think that we are able to create false transitions really well, but I don't think that our build-up tempo is, um, is something that we always master. And I think to be fair... Liverpool is going to be more palace-like in terms of the type of game that we're going to be looking at. And I don't mean that easy in terms of the 5-0, but I I mean in terms of a team willing to meet us. I think uh, Liverpool will be willing to meet us more. And in that sense, we need to be clinical and we need to be really good between both boxes because right now um, I I think that we're doing all the good work within the box or between the two boxes, but in the box – is something that we still struggle with so if we can maximize our efficiency um in both boxes then i think that we will do well yeah
0: i think where the game is played on the pitch is going to be such a big question for uh, against liverpool and it's going to be played a lot more around the center circle than than a lot of games for us so i think maximizing as you said transitions maximizing how we break out of those games, remaining uh, defensively compact when, when they're in possession. But I, I'm pretty confident, especially at the Emirates. I'm pretty confident. So I think it'll yeah. be a different type of game, um, specifically because of where the games are. You know, what, what do we have? We might be able to look at it now because Scott Willis might have posted it. Um, but you know, if you look at the I know we joke about it, but if you look at where we play on the on the pitch in terms of our field so it is you know, it's 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 ridiculous. Actually, um, I
1: have a question for you. What do you think? Go on, George. Will do? What do you think Liverpool, if you were Klopp and you were approaching this Emirates, instead of what Mikel will do, what would you do to catch out this Arsenal team?
0: That's a good question. I would um, I would try and catch our high line. I would try and, if we're playing Zinchenko, I would try and play balls in behind there. And I'd probably play Jota in behind uh, Zinchenko. I would focus on not necessarily trying to beat the press because then Arsenal has one of the best presses in the league. I would focus on going direct more often than not uh, and trying to win the second ball off a in that sort of gap in between on the left hand side. Once the balls basically come off Celibro Gabriel. Either against Ben White or against Inchenko, uh, I try and take shots from distance because I don't think that's something that Arsenal um, do particularly well with. Um, and yeah, about I probably I probably let Arsenal control the ball a little bit more, especially at home in their first phase, uh, and not worry about pressing us. Um, but probably go a bit more direct and really fo- almost put the attacking energy and the physical energy into trying to win those second balls when we go direct.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the mid block is going to be really important for Liverpool and really important for Arsenal. That's where the game's going to be one in between in the middle third for me. I don't think that, uh, I do think that it'll be more of a transition game than people expect, though. Like, I, I feel that it's going to be hectic. And I think the one thing with um, kind of Liverpool in general is that it's, uh, it's a high scoring game, no matter how much I like it. And I think it's high scoring because we both lean into our emotions potentially. And I'm okay with that in a sala like less Liverpool, generally speaking. But um, the one thing that I want us to do is we've got to be clinical in transitions, which to be fair, you had mentioned it earlier, and I think it's becoming a thing with Arsenal. We are slowly becoming very efficient in transition. And I actually for once think that the story of this game won't be, can we break down this block? No, it's can we maximize our transitions? And can we maximize transitions against us? Are we able to control those? Um, so Zinchenko's a big call, mate. I don't wanna I don't wanna dance around the subject. I think Zinchenko is a big call against Liverpool. It's a bigger call than Emile Smith Rowe versus Jorginho or what we do in midfield because I think that's the one uh, guaranteed spot of our team that mm-hmm. people that look could, at they, and say, that's yeah. a weakness. And I yeah. hate I hate giving opposition a game plan to beat us. In, an, in a sense. And it's not yeah. all on Zinchenko, by the way. It's not coming across where I hate him and he's useless. But in this particular game, come on, the, the switches from, you know, Virgil van Dijk out to wide left is something that, you know, Mikel highlights, everybody highlights. It's there. We all know it. We can't ignore it.
0: Yep. Milo Haynes says, do we initiate slippy-whippy pitch gate, loop gate 2.0 for our game against LFC? Against uh, Anfield, it was very, very slippy. Very slippy. So I say, I say we return the favor, George. What do you reckon?
1: Um, I feel like whatever answer I give to Milo, G8, George 2. doesn't. George doesn't
0: uh, engage in these silly conversations. <laughs> far too silly. Come on. Um, let's do two more questions. Uh, so let's do this. Benjamin Ashley says, unpopular opinion: Havertz will be Arsenal's long-term striker. That is an unpopular opinion, Benjamin. Because you are wrong. Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, we've all got our opinions. Just, I think that one's wrong. Um, Gideon Griffith says, Big Gabby, a left
1: back. I'm not opposed because I just feel like the way that we argue semantics in terms of his channel defending and what he pretty much already does, like mm. even Zachenko playing in midfield, he already defends the left back channel. So I just think that fans become a little bit strange with that. It's mm. just what does that impact have on our buildup? because it does have an impact on our buildup. And I think that when you do play um, Big Gabby at left back, it's what does he receive in buildup? Can he receive? And you can't play him higher up the pitch, but you're gonna ask him to at left back. So I think everything out of possession, check mark with Big Gabby at left back, but in possession, I don't know. And then you start to ask yourself, does it make sense for a little bit of a Kiwi or Gabriel switch, which we've seen instances of, where does Kiwi or bring the ball out at center back? And, you know, you've got kind of Big Gabrielle play left back out of possession, and then they swap roles when, um, you know, you're in possession. Like, I, I think that could be something, but then that lends to a Jorginho in midfield. Like, those two things are linked to me. Mm, yeah, I and um, and I, I would prefer that. I won't be on the fence. I prefer that over, for me, as, as in Chenko as well. What, what do you ne- prefer? Never be I'd on like the to fence. you. I'd like to never put be on this. No, side. no, no, no,
0: no. I I will, remain on the fence. <laughs> I will remain on the fence. You're not allowed to be. Milo Haynes says, "Do we go the other way and do dry pitch gate?" Listen, whatever the, whatever happens with the pitch, Milo. Um, I just I, here's what here's what my game plan is. Uh, score more goals than Liverpool score.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't want to overcomplicate. It. I, know, I know we try to get technical on this channel, but you know, and I don't want to go too far down that that rope. Uh, what's the
1: what's the Daesh quote? Put put more in there. Keep of- the ball out of that end, stick it in that end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's all that matters. It's all that matters. Uh pleasure as always, George. We'll have to finish there. Uh, we've hit our gone over our half now Um, but uh thank you so much for watching the instant reaction. Uh check out the Canon Podcast on YouTube if you would be so kind. Check us out on Patreon, like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, keep it out of that end, put it in that end um good advice for life as well and thank you all <laughs> for being here oh we're getting cut. that's the end of it bye-bye sports social podcast network